Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. This episode of the Warriors Huddle is brought to you by the Athletic Club Oakland, a local sports bar we fucking love. If you listen to this podcast, you enjoy watching sports, and you already know that watching games with other fans just makes that experience better. Look, watching a Warriors game on your own is fine. It's crazy fun. I've done it for years. But watching a game in a spot that lets me scream and cheer and just generally lose my shit with other Dub Nation fans is way more fun. COVID stole that from us for a while, and the ACO is giving it back. The Athletic Club Oakland has shut down their entire side street, created an enormous outdoor space called the Town Gardens, and filled that space with tables, more than 15 huge and legitimate TVs, and their full complement of great food, service, and drinks. It's big. It's comfortable. It's a great spot to watch Steph continue to rain threes. During this incredible Warriors season, the NFL playoffs, or any other sport with fans while still staying safe. I love this bar. I love their food. I love their space. I love their TVs. I even love that it's basically family friendly. I can go here, get hammered with my friends and get too passionate, or I can roll with my wife and kid and just enjoy brunch while catching a game. The Athletic Club is now our go-to spot to watch all sports, especially the Warriors, and we hope you'll join us there. The Athletic Club Oakland, where sports fans can be sports fans again. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in the Warriors Huddle with me, Bram, with me per usual, my boy and producer, Marcus. What's up, Deb Nation? And our master of all things sound, Maxime. How's it going? You know, Maxime, it's been a while. I at least want to start this off by saying happy birthday, man. I'm, I'm sure I've <laughs> missed a few of those boys. 
We are on the other side of a just unbelievably satisfying first game in Dallas. The Warriors are uh, sitting atop the world of a 3-0 lead, so I'm crazy fired up. But I'm also a little apprehensive, right? So you guys know a lot of my neuroses. One of them is that I'm a control freak. And the reason I'm apprehensive now is that I have no control over this episode. We have shifted into a new gear. We're recording after every single game. But because of that, I can't always call the questions. So today, where I would normally know the exact golden questions we're facing, I don't. It's been you boys who put together this outline. So as excited as I am last night, I'm also kind of weirded out, dude. I don't know what's coming. So uh, I guess all of us will be surprised what comes next. We'll find out together. Marcus, I know you have pulled our, our golden questions here. So I'll just turn this shit over to you. Where are we going, man? Nice. So I'm, I'm actually living for this moment. Um, I wanted to ask Maxine specifically, knowing that how neurotic Bram is and that he doesn't have an outline for the show. He doesn't know the golden questions. He basically left it up to us. I can add in any soccer questions that I want. And he can't say <laughs> anything about it. How, on a scale of one to 10, how stressed do you think Bram is right now? Well, I think it wasn't a nine, but you just pushed it to a 10 by saying the word soccer. <laughs> 10, 13 and a half. I'm thinking about just pulling out of this episode. Dude. This is, I mean, the second that the word soccer was thrown in here, we've already violated almost every protocol we have. <laughs> I have a huge segment about Mbappe choosing PSG over Madrid, but we'll skip. Oof, I don't know. I think you may have made up three or four of those words. You know? And the fact that we've already spent this time when the Warriors are 3-0 in the Western Conference finals just tells me i mean hold on let me write something down never trust marcus again okay got it. where are we going here we go yeah so uh goes it without saying huge huge win last night uh wigs putting luca on a poster you can see multiple angles of it um as our backgrounds here steph doing his patented turnaround from three before it even goes in we had a, a big time three from jordan Poole stepping up in crunch time and we're up 3-0 in the series so um, you know, I think we want to cover off quickly. I know this is going to be a quick pod, but let's jump into something that you did and didn't like um, about the game, even though we're up 3-0. Hopefully there's something that you can still pick at it and we can look at uh, towards for going into game four. So Bram, start with you. Something you did and something you didn't like. Ready. Um, and I'm just going to focus on the thing that I liked and it's kind of a random one. So obviously the dunk, right? We all have, you guys have mentioned it. It's, it's on all of our backgrounds here, except for mine, because I don't know how to change my background. But the thing that I liked about the dunk is something that I would imagine most people wouldn't guess. I love that Mark Davis called an offensive foul and that we had to challenge it. Why? Because it forced everyone in that arena to watch that thing in slow motion, what, 15 to 20 times? Right when I would imagine they wanted to move on. Right when I would imagine they didn't like that their new face of the league had just been shit on in his mouth. They forced them to watch it from every angle as slowly as they possibly could while all of us celebrated at the house. Right? So something I don't like that Mark Davis called the most preposterous offensive foul in the history of the words offensive and foul, but it's ultimate effect that everybody had to watch that earth shattering play over and over again is something I liked, man. So yes, that's, that's where I'll land on this. one. Nice. I like it. What about you, Maxine? Something you like and something you didn't like. Well, I, this might be a little bit of a weird take because I think the Warriors fan base is a little bit up in arms about, uh, 
folks wearing white shirts and standing up at the opposing bench. But it actually is something that I liked. I think it's just kind of fun in general. But more importantly, I think it's fun that we whoop their ass even when they were trying to do it. I mean, they're pulling out things that aren't even within the court boundaries to try to get us to mess up. And we still can't make it happen. It looks like the only reason Steph made that pass was because dude was literally calling for the ball. So, you know, it just goes to show that we are particularly skilled um, at playing basketball and there's nothing they can do to stop us. Has anyone ever seen any shit like this? So, I mean, at at the risk of Uh of underlining this and for those who may not be paying attention, the Mavs players who are not playing, people who are literally in street clothes are dressing in colors that are very similar to the Warriors jerseys and purposefully standing up right next to the sideline so that the Warriors pass it and it becomes a turnover. And there's a rule against it so much so that the referees have fucking spoken to Dallas and they find them a hundred K, which brings us to the beginning of, uh, of last night's game three. There was literally footage of the refs going and talking. Who's the player uh, who they spoke to yesterday? Diaz, remember his name? Theo Pinson. Theo Pinson. They, they literally went over to Theo Pinson, told him, Hey, would you mind changing out of this white shirt? It matches what the Warriors wearing and he politely refused. He said no. And he was just allowed to be there with a Jersey on. Have, I, I don't remember ever seeing this. I can't imagine anybody doing it before. Is, is anyone else upset by this because it's fucking preposterous? Yeah, I hate it. Yeah. I think it, it taps into when I was saying, you know, like seeing them stand up the whole game and the poor guy at chase center who had to look around them the whole time. Um, but it's just, it's it's one thing to ha- have gamemanship and and you know like do something a little out of bounds to try to gain an edge, but this is just like this is you shouldn't have to do this. You're in the Western Conference Finals, like be the better team. Don't don't try to yep. cheat your way to it. Well, and if the league is going to decide something's illegal, they need to come up with a punishment that prevents people from doing it. You know, make it a make it a, a technical free throw. If they show up there and they're standing up in a in a jersey that makes it look like they're on your team, then there should be something that dissuades you from doing it. Mark Cuban has a hundred k. If if the punishment is all they have to do is pay a hundred k and they're forcing the Warriors into turnovers, he will pay that thirty times out of thirty. So it's time to shift that. Um, and I, I didn't know we were going to talk about this today, obviously, but you're unlocking some anger I had last night as they were talking <laughs> to Mister Pinson or whatever the hell his name is. So I, I appreciate tell. the opportunity. You're welcome. You're welcome. I try to try to give Bram what you need for these golden questions. Yeah. Um, yeah. You say that now, but you were talking about soccer eighteen seconds ago. So I'm not <laughs> sure if that's true. <laughs> Your new nickname is Mbappe Hillsman. Um, yeah, I'll go. So something I, I liked and didn't like. Um, what I did like, it's on the Wiggins train, but it's a little different angle about it. We talked a lot about how our core three Hall of Famers, Steph, Clay, and Dre, only played nine seconds together in the regular season. I think what was overlooked in that is that that means that Andrew Wiggins also played nine seconds or less with those three as well. So he's getting a crash course in how to play with those three Hall of Famers and having to learn on the fly, having to build the airplane while he flies in the playoffs as he figures out what his role is. And he's doing it amazingly. Like he doesn't need the ball to thrive. He's crashing the boards. He's playing amazing defense. And he's giving what the defense gives him when the gravity pulls to Stephen Clay, then he's taking his time and he's, you know, averaging 20 points and 
um, making poster decks. So I really like that he's found his groove and he's done it so quickly when, you know, a lot of the focus has been on those three not playing together, but not how much the other players haven't played with them as well. Yeah, um, he, He's embodying yeah. what we thought he might, right? I mean, this is what yeah. we talked about. If he's a third option, something he was never given an opportunity to spread his legs in, this is the kind of success he can bring. And, and we're seeing that. Exactly. And the one thing I didn't like, and I, I don't know enough about it, I tried to find out what exactly happened. So, um, Bram and Maxine, hopefully you guys know more than I do. But um, there was a point in the game where Steph shoots the three, turns around before it goes in, and then runs back up the court, sticking his tongue out. And then Luca takes offense to it. And it turns into like an argument back and forth. Both the benches are going at each other about it. And it seems to be over the fact that Steph was celebrating early about it. And then I was reading tweets and reports trying to figure out what happened. And so some people were mentioning that Juan T was, was making comments and getting into it. I don't know what happened, but my takeaway of it was Dallas was upset that Steph was showboating or sticking his tongue out and turning around over his three. And if that is the case, um, I think that's the biggest hypocritical move of all times. Like they're over there getting fined for their bench decorum. Luca smiles and does a shimmy and all kind of stuff every time he makes a three. And it's like we do one thing and all of a sudden you guys are upset. Like I think it's just because they're down 3-0 and they knew that they're they're going to lose a series. But it's the, the most confusing hypocritical move I've ever seen if that's what the background is. So I'd love if you guys know more about it to, to help me figure out what was going on. Well, I was right in the middle of that argument. So I can tell you, <laughs> I, I don't know, dude. After he hit that three, here's how I spent the time running back and forth in my living room celebrating. When I came back and there was an argument, did I know what it was about? Of course I didn't. I have no idea what the hell they're arguing about. But if I had to guess, sure, it was the showmanship angle. Um, and we don't have to look any further than that game. Do you remember the three that uh, that Luca hit? I think it was right at the half. And then he did a fake little shimmy as essentially an FU to Steph. So, no, of course it's hypocritical. Um, and it's the type of thing that happens when you enter a very large stage with expectations and then on three separate occasions have those expectations be dashed by the one person you were hoping to stop. You know, this is just human nature. You know, it just is what it is when you are losing, especially in front of your home fans while a national audience cheers on. I imagine it's crazy frustrating. And we saw that frustration spill over. So do I know for sure what it was about? No. But do I feel confident thinking that's what it was probably related to? Of course. Absolutely, dude. And, you know, let me be the first to say too bad if, if you don't want our guys to celebrate on your court. Here's an idea. Stop them from doing what they're celebrating over for as long as we hit those threes, we're allowed to dance is what went down. You know what? This makes me it reminds me of another thing that I really liked, which is I believe that the person who ended up ending that little scuffle was Draymond Green. And granted, we knew he already had a technical, so he was trying to play it cool. But we also saw him pick Luca up off the court after kind of running him over at one point. And I don't know. I guess I'd love you guys' take on this, right? If, if you're if you're in some sort of a competition, is it easier for you to hate the other team when they're being really nice to you and like trying to make sure that you don't get into fights and picking you up off the floor or when they're taunting at you? I mean, because for me, it's definitely the former. And I think I'd be more frustrated if these guys are showing me respect and trying to play it cool. You're asking the wrong person, man. I'm bad <laughs> with competition across the board. I literally I have ruined miniature golf 
uh, games with really close friends by like throwing clubs and like sticking them into the ground. And those are people who are like, hey, like, you know, uh, nice shot. And then I throw my club hella far somewhere. So <laughs> is is somebody else's actions more likely to make me, you know, angry? No, just because I am constantly angry. Uh, but I, I bet you MT probably has like a healthier response. Dude, where, where are you at on this, MT? Uh, not as healthy. I still have nightmares and I'm still very upset at you for that wiffle ball incident oh, where I dominated I you. Picture. Yeah. <laughs> I give everybody the quick background. We were playing wiffle ball on a tennis court and Bram has uh, anything that's a competitive event. Bram will show up to it with a professional, semi-professional set of it. Like he learned about pickleball and he's like, here's my semi-professional pickleball set. So he has one for wiffle ball, right? It's like a legit wiffle ball. It's a legit bat. And he has the home plate that you throw it over. And anytime you hit a home run, you have to, you get to sign the plate, right? So we're playing and I throw just the nastiest curveball of all times. And he closes his eyes and connects on it. And it just barely creeps over the fence. And to this day, he has not looked at me the same. He still looks at me like, yeah, I I went yard on you with that wiffle ball. I mean, you're saying that as if I don't have the home plate hung over my right shoulder right now in my (laughs) office. That happened, I don't even know, like 15 years ago. And I love that it's still haunting your thoughts. I hate it. it. Moving on to the golden question. uh, Before we do, I'll give you a couple of uh, a couple of background things here. And so at the risk of breaking the fourth wall, um, I listened to our last episode. You boys know that. And I texted you right after I listened to it saying, I think I broke the F-bomb record, which is not an easy thing to do because I've been resetting that record on a episode by episode basis. So this is the breaking of the fourth wall. I came into today hoping not to drop any F-bombs. I think I'm about eight deep. So that's not going super well for me. We'll, uh, we'll see what happens from here. And then the follow-up question I wanted to ask you boys. So last night, we've been focusing on the Wiggins dunk, and that's certainly the, uh, the crown jewel of, of last night's experience. But going into the game, we had all kind of identified Luca as either the current face of the league or the future face of the league. I mean, that's who the NBA wants. Looking back, right, Jordan, Magic, Bird, any of them, Bill Russell, Wilt Chamberlain, any of the possible faces of the league – can you think of one instance where they got dunked on in the way that Luca got dunked on last night? And it's a real question. I mean, it, it comes off as an FU, but I can't. I, I, I literally, I don't think, I can't think of one iconic dunk that happened on the face of the league. Am I off? I think you're right. At least not at this stage of his career, too. Like maybe a little later, like LeBron's been dunked on. Oh, yeah, Jason sure. Tatum got, a, got him in the playoffs, but that was... Jordan as a oh. wizard or something. Yeah. Like yeah, later exactly. in their life. Yeah. But no, I don't think so. And maybe, maybe he can't be the face of the league now. All thanks to Wiggs. Uh, exactly right. Also, I once hit a home run off of Luka Doncic. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to tell you guys that story. I'll, I'll keep it in pocket. <laughs> nice. All right. Um, golden question. Time, so we'll get going just to the golden questions and wrap this up. Um, the first one is an easy one. Straightforward. Do the Warriors sweep. Maxine, we'll start with you. <laughs> I, uh, I, this is like maybe too much of a homer take, which is that I cannot, I cannot possibly say that. I cannot say that word because it just feels too terrifying and like a jinx to go that direction. Um, do I see tendencies that 
point in that direction? Sure. Do I also see a really talented Dallas team that a lot of people picked in six and that got me a little bit scared about what the series was going to do? Yeah, I, I think there's there's really reasons for us to expect Dallas to show up again in game four and give it an absolute all-out effort. Um, teeth bared the whole thing. So I, I cannot say that we're going to sweep now. I feel like your question, Marcus, is would you like to jinx the Warriors? No, I do not want to jinx the Warriors. <laughs> and I refuse to go down there. I'll, I'll answer a different question. Um, does having a three in front of the Warriors wins during a playoff series make me nervous every time? Yes, dude. Every time. Like I, I think the Warriors pull this out. I think they pull it out without a whole lot of drama. I, I'm not positive they pull it out in Dallas, but I do think they win. And yet and still, now that they're up 3-0, it's impossible for me not to like be super worried. I have lemon booty for a comeback against a team that I know we're better than and that I think we're going to beat very handily. I, I don't know if I'm alone with that, but it's, uh, it's an interesting downside of the Warriors history I guess it is interesting downside I I don't think Reggie Bullock or however he wants to pronounce it um goes over 10 again so I think it's a lot tougher but um I'm not worried about the jinx I think we're the better team so um you think cool. they sweep you can be the the if you're not worried about the jinx going into this next game is it a, a four game and we're out no I still think Dallas gets one um at minimum but yeah i, I think they're too prideful I, I go gentleman sweep if we're gonna win it back at home if i wasn't um, worried about the jinx i'd tell you about all the post-game comments from jay kidd and from luca and from some of the other dallas members last night because all of them were not looking at game four they were all looking at next year luca was saying yeah. things like look i'm 23 you know i'll learn um, the J kid is similar deal. He was saying like, we've learned yeah. a lot from this. We're going to use it. These are great memories. It's like, dude, it's not over. <laughs> yeah, it's, and then it, it's, it was a real, you know, like it's, it's an interesting um, perspective. Again, I'm super hesitant. So I don't want to say the word jinx, but having heard that it doesn't bode super well. If I was a Mavs fan and I heard that I'd, I'd be a little bit upset. You know, there, there's still some <laughs> basketball to be played here. Yeah, I agree. Cool. All right. Moving on to question number two. Um, assuming the Warriors figure out a way to make the money work to bring back this roster minus one or two guys here and there, how long is this championship window open? Basically, are we in for another half dynasty run? So if we can keep everybody, yes, sure. Um, I, I think that this roster is going to continue to improve. One of the things that we haven't really focused on is that Moses Moody is starting to get real minutes here. And if Kaminga makes the leap that we think he's going to, and Wiseman is anything but a cold body, yeah, um, the what we are seeing here is the you know the present and the future gelling. I think the real question to me is, can they keep them all? You know that we we have talked about in a lot of different settings with Connor's assistance that the foregone conclusion here is that Wiggins is gone, and that they were going to use that money to keep Poole and some of these other guys. Well. After what just happened, what's going down in this Western Conference Finals and really these playoffs as a whole, I don't know how you do that. You know, Wiggins has become pretty indispensable. Um, so there's some real money questions that the Warriors are going to have to answer. You know, these are the kind of problems that are good to have. They have so much talent, they're going to have to work to keep it. But if they do, you know, as your your question as a precipice, we keep this talent together. Yeah. Um, if not title favorites, certainly title contenders. And I think that's true for the next three or four years. Easy. Yeah, I would agree. I think, you know, Memphis will be tough. I don't think they keep their exact same roster, but, you know, Ja will be back. 
Um, and then you have to figure Kawhi and Paul George being healthy, they'll have something to say. Um, but I agree. I think we're in the upper echelon if we keep the the roster together. There's just too much young talent too with Kaminga and Wiseman and Moody and GP too. We're able to keep that strength in numbers and the the depth of the bench there and not wear out our our old bets along the way. I think the window's open for at least three years. I saw this on social media. It may have been from Kristen, but I'm not positive. But what it said is that, look, take away the name, put just the person, James Wiseman, put him in a gym anywhere, have him work out, and then take a scout from any team in the NBA, any of them, and put him in that gym. He would not, or she would not, that scout would not leave that gym without Wiseman with them. They would watch them and they would desperately want that skill set on their team. You know, so will Wiseman be like live up to the number two billing? I don't know. You know, will will he actually capitalize on all the skill sets that he has? Again, I don't know. But is he an asset that every team out there would desperately want on their franchise? Yes. And he's about to be joining a core that has just reestablished itself, at least as we're sitting here talking right now, as the title favorites, man. So, you know, can this continue? Hell yeah. And that doesn't even begin to talk about what we've said about Kaminga over these last few minutes. You know, there, there was a period of time when all of us, including the people listening, were more excited for Kaminga than they were Pool. So, you know, this future is bananas bright. It's ridiculously bright. I agree. The only problem is that Wiseman plays the same position as the best player in the NBA, Kevon Looney. So <laughs> what what do you do there? Two center lineup. There's another component that, that we're not talking about. So I agree with everything that you guys are saying, but I think it's also really important to think about the uh, the established stars on this roster. You know, Wiggins is still clearly in in the prime of his career in an athletic marvel. But what we're seeing, right, we got Clay, Steph, and Draymond that are pinnacles of what this team is and how this team operates. And I think all three of them are actually in great positions to age fairly well. Uh, Draymond is sort of the quarterback on both offense and defense, playing help defense a little bit so that he can rotate. He doesn't have to be the on-ball defender. That's going to allow him to be a much better defender for a large, much longer period of time. Clay, we're just we're continuing to see him return from back-to-back gnarly injuries that you know we're not expecting him to be at 100% even now. If he relaxes a little bit, gets back into his bag, stops trying to take these like ridiculous turnaround fadeaway jumpers, he's gonna you know he's gonna go back to the like. 11 dribble games where he's knocking down eight, nine threes. And he just stands on the perimeter and knocks him down. That's exactly what we need. And we already know that Steph has the ability to age really gracefully. So what that says is yes, we have a, a bounty of young talent to help us bridge the gap, so to speak. And then we also have some superstars that we should have reason to believe will continue to provide us really great talent for at least another couple of years to come. I like it. I like it. All right. On to our final question, keeping it short and sweet. So, Maxine, before this series started, Bram said that we would learn to hate Luca and his smile even more because of it. Um, you spoke a little bit about this earlier. Is, do you think that's still true? Um, do we hate him more? He's kind of been respectful along the way, right? Like in the press conference after getting dunked on by Wiggins, they asked him about it and he was like, yeah, I saw it again and that was incredible. I wish I had those bunnies. Can you give us your view of what happened on the on when Wiggins dunked on you? I mean, I got hit a little bit, but that was impressive. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I saw the video again. I was like, oof. That was, that was pretty incredible. You know? I wish I had those bunnies.
And he, you know, like it's the kind of answer that you just can't be mad at. You're just like, I respect you. And especially he's 23 years old. So uh, the question to you, Maxine, is Luca back on the Warriors Huddle Christmas card list, according to Bram? Look, Marcus, this is like, I think that take from Bram, which I totally agreed with at the time, is the equivalent of all of these sports pundits picking Mavs and five or Mavs and six, all this ridiculous stuff. They were coming out of the hangover of a previous series where Dallas absolutely walloped Phoenix. And meanwhile, we were coming out of a series where we turned from an, uh, an up and coming superstar um, in John Morant that we were all very excited about. He was one of my favorite players in the regular season to absolutely hating him and, and being pretty disgusted by the antics that that team brought in overall. So, you know, I was expecting a similar thing, especially with how we've seen Luca mouth off to the refs during the regular season and like these smirks in the game. And, and yet the opposite is true. And it's in part because I think I was primed by the John Morant experience, but I'm really loving Luca. I think that the, the respect that he's showing this team, look, I mean, the antics on the court are what they are, but again, we were just talking about Steph doing the same thing. I mean, Luca is consistently hitting above 40 in every single game that dagger to close the first half was really, really beautiful. It's a lot easier to respect that when we're beating them every single game, but nonetheless, I've, I've grown in my appreciation for Luca over the course of the series. I agree. It's a lot easier not to hate him when we're up three Oh, but Ram <laughs> final answer is Luca back in your good graces or do you hate him the same amount? When the hell was Luca in my good graces? I didn't even understand the original question. What are you boys talking about? One, I don't have, I'm Jewish, so I don't have a Christmas card list. Two, if I had a Christmas card list, it wouldn't be any opposing players on it. There'd be a 0.0% chance I'm sending them out to anybody. And it sure as hell wouldn't be the best player on an opposing team. And if I did, which I don't, would I have flipped over while watching this guy put up 40 against my team in the Western Conference Finals? Look, I didn't want to do this again, but I'm going to. No, I have to use the F-bomb on that. I feel like I'm losing my mind. So it all depends on what's happening within the game. Right now, the images of Luca I can see on your boy's screen is because, you know, Wiggins is dunking on him. Do I hate him then? No, you know, abstractly, no. Do I hate him when he is, he is fake shimming to, uh, to drive home the point that he's as good as Steph or when he is constantly bitching to the refs about a foul that was not there? Yes, of course I do. And will that ever change? No, of course it will not. Um, to, to address what you're talking about, are there different levels to this stuff? Of course. You know, the animosity, the angst that Memphis brought out of me and what you know, Phoenix probably would have and players like Chris Paul and the other guys who we've hated over years and years. Has Doncic, you know, elevated to that? No, he hasn't. And if he continues this kind of respectful losing to us, then he probably won't ever make that list. But the, uh, you know, the opposite is not true. He's not receiving any, any greeting cards from me at any point. You hear that, Luca? I'm not wishing you a happy Hanukkah, and I never will. What if, what if he talks about soccer? On your podcast. Okay, that's it, dude. Maxime, I don't know if you have the power in this. Take the hosting mic away from him. This was a mistake. You remind me to never allow this to happen again because we've already said soccer more times than I've said the word fuck, which is not okay. <laughs> nice. Well, that is it. We are we are out. I will not give the podcaster jinx and talk about the sweet word. So um, good luck to the Warriors tomorrow. And um, Bram and Maxime, why don't you close us out? Yeah, no doubt. You guys know where to reach us. You thought we did a good job, bad job. I want to let Marcus know he's a terrible host or a better host than I am. Whatever it is you'd like to say, shoot us an email and shoot that email too. 
Huddle at warriorshuddle.com. You want to follow us on social media? You only got one option. That's Twitter. You can find us at Warriors Huddle. Um, and if you want to support us, which would mean the world to us, hop up on Patreon. Shout out to our Patreon our subscribers. We really appreciate you. If you want to join them, hop up on Patreon, search for Warriors Huddle. You'll find us pretty quick and you can help us for as little as a dollar a month. With that, hey, Bram, hold up. Before you go, I just want to just to reiterate the point, man. The Slack Huddle channel is such a good time. Everybody on there, I mean, it's like one of the nicest communities. You were remarking to me yesterday that how, how, um, opposite it feels to the energy that we bring on this show it's just so cool to have so many people in there talking hoop bringing in way better takes than we've got um and just generally being a great community so double shout out it's a great time everybody should be joining that i'll underline that if you do support us on patreon you'll actually get some stuff back you'll get access to the video uh pod which is fairly fun in its own right you'll also get access to that slack channel that maxine was just talking about which is the most accepting and kind place on earth uh (laughs) so with that in mind go warriors hopefully we'll see you real soon Good, good.